Hey, what's going on, dividend investing listener? Maybe you're not even a dividend investing listener. Maybe you're just a regular old Joe or Jane Schmo listener. And if that is you, thank you for, you know, in, the, in all seriousness, there are so many places you could be tuning your ear holes into right now, but you are listening to the dulcet tones of the one, the only, often imitated, never duplicated, Dapper Dividends Podcast, world famous, might I add. And how do I know it's world famous? Because I said it's world famous. I just made this podcast world famous. Thank you though, seriously. I just wanted to thank you once again for listening into this podcast. What a privilege it is. And just bringing value to you to make you and myself a better dividend investing, just better investors. So yeah, we get a little bit of the shenanigans and hijinks and whatnot, but hijinks, that is an old school word. Word? No. (laughs) Come on, mouth. Work with me here. Old school word. Yeah, that probably comes from my grandparents. I don't know about you. I don't know if the oldest people that had some sort of influence on who you are today and You know, they say every human being, it's like we take little bits of influence from people we've met in our life, friends, family, people we went to school with, people that were in our lives for a moment, famous people. So that's what makes us all unique, right? We're all just this amalgamation, to use a $10 word, of everybody that we've almost ever come across in our lives. And because you've come across different people than I have, it just makes us into somebody different. And yeah, my grandparents had a really strong part in raising me. If you don't know, I've shared it. My my biological dad took off before I was one. Why? Probably because he was 19 years old and not ready to settle down and be a family man. But yeah, my grandparents were born. My grandpa 1914 and my grandma 1919. They had a really strong influence on the person that I am and who I became today. So kind of funny there. That's, that's some... <laughs> Hijinks. I haven't used hijinks in quite a while. That's uh, That may be a Great Depression era word. Just like if you're wearing old pants, you can call them knockarounds. That's what they wore, knockarounds. Well, we're not going to knock around your ear holes anymore, and I do thank you again for letting me come into them for a little bit here. I'm going to tell you about a dividend stock that's hiding in plain sight. And if you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, the artist, formerly known as Twitter, you already know what this one is, so... Just play along like you don't, because I'm also going to give a few other uh, things here. You know, I was working on the newsletter. It's going to be going out later. And if you don't, just head to DapperDividends.com. There's a link in the notes below. You can sign up for the free weekly newsletter and uh, get that. I hope you do. So one really qu- interesting, well, I was about to say one queer thing. That's another. Howard Marks. I really love Howard Marks. And I was listening to one of his older podcasts, The Memo, it's called, by Howard Marks. Howard Marks from Oak Tree Management, just Oak Tree Capital, I think. He's been a, he's an old school dude. Warren Buffett always talks about, he has to read Howard Marks's memo. I think it comes out four times a year. And one of the other ones I thought was really interesting is he was talking, and, and I don't know, you might think about how this applies to you. He was talking about that the best investments begin in discomfort. And what he means by that is that there's warmth, comfort, and safety in the herd. And when you stray from the herd, it's kind of cold and it's not a good feeling when you're essentially being a contrarian. That's what it means, going against 
popular opinion. And the herd is not always right, but they're usually directionally right. But because nobody knows the future, the herd doesn't know the future. The herd is just the consensus of the market. And if you can find those opportunities where you think that the herd is wrong, that's where you can make the most money. But it is discomforting to go against general consensus at the time, whatever it is. But he also talks about if you're of, so it seems less risky when you're in the herd, but when you avoid risk, you're also avoiding returns. So there's that saying, right? That risk avoidance is return avoidance. And we all have to take some level of risk and buying any kind of equity, meaning any kind of stock, ETF, marketable security is inherently risk. Yeah, there's shades of risk, different different types of risk that um, we can all take. But buying even the S&P 500, which is up like, I don't know, I think it's up like 12,000%. No, we're not talking about Solana token, <laughs> which that's great. You know what? I had put out a tweet that the S&P 500, if you started on September 29th, 95, fast forward 27 years, I believe, right? That... It went up like 12,000, I think, oddly enough, 12,400% with total return, dividends reinvested, which is easy. You just buy the S&P 500, put 10,000 in it, then you didn't even have to put any more money in and you would have gained like 12, almost 12,500%. I was looking at stock twits this morning and Solana token, the crypto token, on January 1st, it was like $1.85 of 21 so 1121 on November 11th 21 Solana was $233 and you see that and it's like damn that was a 12,500% ish return in the matter of what 11 months nutty that's crazy and I even yours truly you know at the tail end of the crypto height and it's hard it's hard to not be bit by that bug but you you know this is where we learn and in what wisdom I can impart to you is that you got to watch out for those fads a lot of the old school investors they run the opposite direction from fads unless I did hear one investor say that they look to jump in at the beginning if you can identify a fad at the beginning and figure out when peak frenzy is you can make a lot of money but you got to time it so we're still timing And we're trying to get out before things pop. Solana right now, it's up like 13% the past day or so. It's like 23 bucks, 30 bucks, something like that. So uh, you can see how far it's come down from the 233. Uh, But if you still bought at that almost $2, you'd, you'd still be up nicely. Not as much as you were before. Just with the fads and bubbles popping. And I worry that's what's going on with AI and NVIDIA that it's gone up way too far too fast. Do I wish I had it? Hell yeah, I wish I individually owned it. I have exposure in mutual funds, but you know, we we sometimes know what's going to happen, but we never know exactly when that thing is going to happen. So Howard Marks, to wrap up that thought, talked about to make gains, you have to take on risk. And it shouldn't be about avoiding risk, but you should look to implement risk control Instead, by looking for those situations where there's more upside than there is downside. And that's a really cool thought from a very famous investor, Mr. Howard Marks. So I'm going to shift gears. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is that? What kind of gears you got shifting, buddy? <laughs> Make that sound. Chunk, 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 chunk. I don't know, but we're, that's, that's the gear that you just got out of my mouth. So take it or leave it. I really don't care. But I just received a whole boatload of dividends this week. And again, if you got the newsletter, you know, it's coming out later today. As of this recording, you will get all of this. But check it out. We got $126.50 from PepsiCo. We have 100 shares. We've gotten $194.40 from Aries Capital, ticker ARCC. Now, we do hold that in two portfolios. That's a BDC that I think two of the strongest BDCs are Aries Capital and Main Street Capital, which we invest in both. And Main Street Capital, ticker MAIN, paid a special dividend of $41.25. Those dividends, by the way, on the BDCs, the business development companies, they are not qualified, meaning you're going to pay your ordinary income tax rate on those. So if you hold those in a taxable, do be aware. <clears throat> but no K-1. You will not receive a K-1, though. And then we got another special dividend from Extra Space Storage, ticker EXR of $10.37. Now, we got those shares that were spun off of the merger with Life Storage. We had been building up that position in Life Storage. Unfortunately, I had thought about exiting life storage and putting it all into one of the BDCs, but you know, the REIT space has just been the bloodiest, beatenest down. Beatenest down. Yes, beaten down. So whatever. You can't time it. It'll come up eventually. Don't know when, Howard Marks, like he said, but we do know it's going to be sometime. And we got $96.87 from SCH. D, the one, the only, world famous, often imitated, never do, right? Just use that for everything. There are people, you guys are like, buddy, you already used that one. You got to get a different moniker. Anyway, SCHD, uh, my guy Cody in Chicago, YouTuber calls it Skid, uh, Skid, $96.87. And Simon Property Group wrapped it up with $19 from the experiential, the fancy mall rain. I don't think I'd call them fancy, but you know, they're not a strip mall. They're not lowbrow strip mall where you got your massage parlors and your tattoo shops, but they're not, um, you know, <laughs> they're not that fancy mall at the, in Vegas. I don't remember what it was. Not the, the area. I think there's a little area, air, the area, the, <laughs> the area in the area that we saw had like stores were like, oh, this is fancy. We went in there and it's like, oh, this would be a great place to buy a $50,000 tennis bracelet. And we're like, yep, kids, just window browsing, browsing, window browsing. I don't think there's an orange Julius in here. So anyway, that was $488.39 in dividends this week, just across the three portfolios that we do share on the channel. And now, lo and behold, I have some Simply Safe dividend news for you. 
This is, again, just a few little blurbs that Simply Safe Dividends puts out. I like it. You know what, ladies and gents? There's over 4,000 dividend-paying stocks. So to go through all the news from that would be excruciatingly painful for both you and I. So we'll just take what Simply Safe gives us and have a little bit of a look-see into what they're doing. So starting on the 25th, they reaffirmed Pfizer dividend profile at 75. So it the little headline that I'll tell to you was Pfizer's dividend profile looks stable despite drug pipeline doubts and fading demand for COVID shots. So the little bit of the trend there is that their yield has come up to almost 5% because the demand, as I just read to you for COVID shots, uh, is coming down. This is a stock I've never really looked into deeply but they have kind of been beaten down. Uh, ticker AEP, American Electric Power, they reaffirmed their, they refreshed their outlook on AEP. It means they just wrote about them. Uh, I don't invest in this one, but they do serve more than 5 million customers spanning 11 states, including Ohio and Texas. 4.41% dividend yield for the electric utility of AEP. Do you invest in AEP? Shout it at your radio or just shout it out loud right now. Even you're walking your dog, just yell it at the top of your lungs. I invest in AEP. And hopefully they won't call the police on you for being a lunatic. Ticker OGE raised their dividend, another electric utility. OGE, the Oklahoman electric utilities payout ratio was increased 1%. So that's their 17th straight year. They have a 5% yield as well. So itty bitty titty gains uh, increases on those dividends right there for OGEU. Next up, the reaffirmed NEP, which is Next Era Energy Partners, ticker NEP. So they revised their earnings and distribution <laughs> growth outlook from a 12 to 15% range to the 5 to 8% range, citing the tighter monetary policy and higher interest rates as an impediment to their reaching double-digit growth. So those interest rates, I think they're, we're going to start seeing the full effects, right? They say, what did we read? That every, every time a rate is increased from the Fed. It takes about six months to wind its way through the economy. So they've done a whole lot of raising and I don't think we've seen the full effects of that yet. But that is one that I had bought a few shares. I started a position in it and I want to say it was like last January of 22. It was cold out maybe February of 22. And you know what? I just didn't understand it. It it's one of the, my journeys as an investor. I'm trying to invest in the businesses that I can easily understand. And NEP, it just, it just, I put it in the too hard pile. And kind of like with Intel, I don't know what gives Intel their competitive advantage. You could say, yeah, they make chips. Okay, got it. But what makes their chip superior to NVIDIA's or Micron's or I don't know, Qualcomm? Texas Instruments makes, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know what gives them the competitive advantage that's going to keep them on top for years to come. Kind of like PepsiCo with, with their, you know, the Frito-Lay division. Everybody loves the Frito-Lay products. It would be really hard to create a competitor to that. So 
that's one thing I, I've been trying to do more of. And if I do invest in a business like Intel, I would prefer it to be just part of that broad-based fund that, you know, what do they say? Core and explore. I think you have your core holdings, which for me, I'm trying to, because, you know, I'm just like you. I'm not a stock market whiz or genius, but I'm trying to just shift more. We have our 401k where we invest in broad-based mutual funds from Vanguard. And we also have a growing and significant position in SCHD, which is only 100 stocks. But they say build your core, your core portfolio, and then you can have your explore, which is whatever, 5 10%, 15%, whatever it is where you can go into those individual names where you think you're a real smarty pants and you can figure it out. So, but hey, it's that's for you. You figure that out. I'm trying to figure it out. Just sharing you what I'm finding. Sharing you what I'm finding? Who's sharing? Accenture, ticker ACN. They raised their dividend 15%. They are in IT consulting and other services. What other services? I don't know. You're going to have to look into them if you want to know what it is. But they raised that dividend 15% and they have had almost nearly 50. Let me do that again. Accenture elevates dividend by 15%, continuing trend of nearly double digit raises every year since 2006. That's my voice of I'm not that good yet. Maybe someday I can read something and it won't sound like I'm reading it. You can clearly tell when I'm reading. So we'll just, you know, over the top it when I have to read something like that. But they did raise their dividend that 15%. They have a 1.68% yield. So that's a great case for looking at a company with a low starting yield, but high growth. And there was a study done which you wish I would have had this information, the solids of it. So what you do is you look at the stocks that have a low starting yield of maybe like one, one and a half percent, but they give you those 15% growth every single year or something like, say, an Altrio that has seven, eight percent, but they give, you know, two, three, four percent increases every year, so lower. And I think it takes several years, but in the long run, you will be further ahead with the big growth, uh, the high growth dividend stocks, but low starting yield. And then they also downgraded NextEra Energy, which I don't remember. They're the, I think that NEP is a subsidiary of NEE, NextEra Energy. So they're intertwined. I know that. They're an electrolyte <laughs> utilities. What is that? That's smashed together electric utilities, but they are an electric utility company. I think they're essentially like the parent. They were downgraded from 99 very safe to 90 very safe, 3.26% dividend yield. And they refreshed their outlook on Universal, which is the world's leading supplier of tobacco leaves. They've been incorporated since 1918. 6.78% 6.78% yield, the dividend safety score of 60. So that one I might be worried on. I know I think tobacco is a melting ice cube. And if we start going into the more, you know, the vapors and not the vapors, Bismarck, he's saying about the vapors. Shout out to all of those that you remember. Good old long departed biz. He unfortunately has passed on. What were we saying now before I do that? Vaping. Vapors, I guess you can call them. People that vape. Those individuals who choose to vape, 
<laughs> I don't think tobacco leaves are going to be involved in that. Could be wrong, but I think that's just flavored nicotine or something. Then last but not least, Honeywell. Good old industrial conglomerate Honeywell raised their dividend 4.9%. And that is their 13th consecutive year of dividend growth. Dividend safety score at the tippy top of 99, 2.34% yield for Honeywell. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you guys get the Morning Brew newsletter every morning, but I really enjoy it. And I got a link below that I think you might enjoy. I was just leafing through it this morning, looking at all the news going on. And I don't know, they, they put things in kind of a fun and lighter way. Not so much like, it's weird, it's professional, but it feels more fun. So it's easier to digest and listen to. So yeah, check out Morning Brew. I think you'd like it. I have that link uh, down below if you want that. But I just thought I'd share that with you guys. And also, I have a link to the latest video I did, the latest YouTube video. Not doing so hot, but I had that feeling. You know, I, I enjoy doing stuff like this for the community where... You know, we talk about intrinsic valuation here, but I've always had that problem with it because you have to make guesses and assumptions about the future. And I don't know, man, it's just always bothered me that we're trying to guess the cash flows of a business five years from now. And as Curtis Jensen, who was the CEO of, um, oh, I forgot the name, Third Something Management. Hey, I'm only human, but... He was the CIO of third something management, real professional, I know, right? But the whole point of it is he's not CIO of that anymore. I think that fund went bust, but he had a quote from years ago that essentially said that the problem with DCF, discounted cash flow valuation, is like it's like looking through the Hubble telescope that if you turn it a fraction of an inch, you're in a completely different galaxy. And that's kind of how I look at DCF. I've always felt that way. And I know people, you, Buffett uses it and God bless him, but I don't care who you are. You don't know the future. Nobody, as of this recording, as far as I'm aware of, knows the future with 100% accuracy. So anyways, the uh, I offered a different solution to that. So I have a link down there below. And all that it is, is it's using, looking at a stock's free cash flow for the trailing 12 months, and then dividing that into the enterprise value. Why do we look at enterprise value or why do I like that? Think it's more realistic? Because if you're buying a stock, remember, we're always buying a business. And when we're buying that business, we're also buying all of their assets and their liabilities. So we're buying all their debt. And when we look at enterprise value, that is what it would cost if you wanted to buy the whole company, the whole shebang. Because if you wanted to buy the stock we're going to talk about next, you would also be buying their debt as well. So when you do that, it gives you an enterprise value to free cash flow yield. And essentially it tells you uh, what you can kind of expect to earn for every $1 of enterprise value, how much free cash flow you are buying. So I think it's a kind of a cool way to do that. And then what we do is that yield, you look at the 10-year treasury. So the 10-year T-bill, which is the risk-free rate, right? That's uh, your only risk is the government defaulting and not paying that out. But what it, right now it's at like four, just under 5%, 4.58. I think it was what it was when I did the video. So the two examples I used were Target had like a 2.39 enterprise value to free cash flow yield. So right there, that's showing you that 
target is risky. All equities, remember, are risky, but you're going you're going to be taking on more risk for less uh, for less free cash flow, for less yield than you would by just buying the risk-free treasury. Obviously, there's no chance for capital appreciation, meaning the money you put into the treasury, you're going to get that back plus your interest. And then we also looked at Nexstar Media, which was at like 9.44%, if the number serves me right. So almost 9.5%. So in that case, I think the risk looks way more attractive and, you know, still risky, but we got to take those risks. Remember what Howard Marks said. See, we tie it back into that. So the dividend stock that is hiding in plain sight. No, it's not RCI Hospitality, which if you wanted to own a whole bunch of strip clubs that are starting to branch out into casinos, I don't think those will be integrated though. Gentlemen's Adult Entertainment. Uh, interestingly, again, I'll have this link also in the show notes below. I know it's just longer and longer. Uh, the CEO, I think Eric Langdon is his name, was on the Motley Fool Money podcast earlier this week. And very interesting interview with him uh, talking about his company and buying back stock. Just kind of cool. And he kind of blames it on the algorithms that keep selling their stock. And he says they'll run out of stock to sell and then they'll start buying it. And hey, we'll see. But um, RCI Hospitality Holdings, look them up, ticker R-I-C-K if you ever wanted to um, own a gentleman's club. So the dividend stock, what you've come, what you've clicked on, the one hiding in plain sight is none other than eBay, ticker E-B-A-Y. I know, right? eBay is a dividend stock. They are a dividend stock, currently yielding 2.27%. Simply Safe gives them a score of 70 safe and $23.5 billion market cap. So they are a very interesting, I think everybody knows eBay. I don't really think they need much of an explanation, but they have a three-year dividend growth streak. The last dividend increase was 14% from good old eBay. And check it out, in December of 2020, they were paying 16 cents a share, and this is every every uh, quarter, now up to 25 cents. So look out for eBay, right? Their dividend yield currently is 49% above the five-year average. Their forward price-to-earnings ratio is 10.3. So remember, if you look at that metric, you're paying currently $10.30 for every $1 of eBay's earnings. And the price is smack dab in the middle of the 52-week range, pretty much. It's been as low as $36, been as high as $51. But we always love that free cash flow payout ratio, 27%. Super low. And when they started paying that dividend, the first one from what I can see was in 2019, 18%. And it's never gone over 27%. So excuse me, 22% was the last 12 months. 27% is projected. Again, that's just a guesstimate. We don't know the future. And free cash flow per share currently $4.36, which looks to me as a 10-year high for... uh, free cash per share. So that $4.36 can easily cover that annual dividend of $1. So that's always something we like to see. Their sales growth has been down from last year. Dude, they went way up. When everyone was at home, yep, people were buying more things from uh, from eBay. 
but check out their shares outstanding. In 2013, they had over a billion shares, 1.310 oh, oh, billion shares outstanding, currently down to 542 million. They have been buying back shares over the past 10 years like mad, like lunatics. So that obviously can help their earnings go up. So that's why I like looking at free cash flow per share because when you buy back stock, what does that mean? Yes, it means that there are less shares to spread the earnings out over. So even if earnings remain flat or even dip down just a little bit because of a lot of buying back stock, it can make it look like your earnings per share are increasing when money coming into the business is flat or even declining a little bit. So that's why I love to love to love to look at the free cash flow per share number. I think it's a more honest number that is not... Um, it's not financially shenaniganed to make up a word uh, as some of the other things. So their sales have been a little bit choppy, so up and down. So they, they go through cycles with their sales, but dude, their return on equity, 26%. Return on invested capital, 15%. Just really good numbers. That's all you need to know. Same thing with their operating margins. Check this out. Free cash flow margin, 24%. So that means that every $1 of revenue that comes into the business, every $1 of sales that eBay brings in, 24 cents of that, or you could use every $100, $24 is being turned into free cash flow, which what is that? What can we do with free cash flow? Well, we can pay a dividend, we can buy back shares, we can carry it as cash on the balance sheet, or we can pay down debt. So free cash flow is just kind of like the lifeblood of a business, I think. Debt also is, you know, debt can keep you going, but that's kind of like life support, uh, kind of treading water, but really nice. Although I will say in 2014, their free cash flow margin was 58%. So 2014, yeah, 58 cents out of every dollar coming into eBay was carried as uh, as free cash, but net debt, currently down to 17%, so really low debt. <clears throat> They've bought a, a ton back since 2019 when it was 66%. So really interesting stock you might want to look at. You have to think they're kind of cyclical. And just by looking at their past, uh, their past sales growth and free cash flow per share, I think we're at the up end of a cycle and we're just starting to come down. So we might want to hold off and wait on them. But if we were to get, and I'll, I'll do it, I'll go to Alpha Spread and give you an intrinsic valuation for eBay. It is currently, as I throw papers, try and do it on the sly, on the quick here, as we're landing the plane, waiting for the computer. There it goes. So <laughs> Alpha Spread, and always remember, this intrinsic valuation is just a best guess. Don't take it as gospel. Uh, $38.83 on the base case, meaning flat revenue growth for the next five years. So about 12% overvalued. So uh, we might want to wait till the high, the mid to high 30s of eBay. And then on the worst case, this is declining revenue for five years is $28.76. So I, I would say if you're going to look at eBay, we might want to wait till mid 30s, which is actually at the low end of the 52 week range when it dipped down to $36. So, hey, honestly, I think 
35 36 $37, somewhere right around there might be good for eBay. But, you know, I haven't used eBay in a while. Uh, we've been selling stuff on OfferUp that we have here in the United States. And yeah, I'd love to know what you use. So if you want to, pop on over to Twitter and let me know. Or, hey, I want to hear from you. Sign up for the newsletter. Do it. It's kind of fun. I have fun putting it together. And this one is going to be an interesting metric that can help you weed through some of the individual stocks. If you want to go that route and look for one that is air quotes on sale. So if you do that, I would love you for it. And, you know, we've got a whole mess of links down below. So I hope you do enjoy the rest of your week. And I, I really do appreciate you letting me come into your ear holes again. I, I just, I'm flattered. Thank you for listening. And you got suggestions, email me, russ at dapperdividends.com. I would love to hear from you. Pop on the website, Twitter, X, I keep, t- X, whatever. Anyway, so thank you so very much for stopping by once again. I really do enjoy you listening. I hope you found this valuable. If you didn't, let me know. You know, you know what we should do? I should start reading reviews. Here's a fun thing as we end the show. I have never read a review. I wrote the first one on Apple Podcasts. I've never read any of the reviews because I'm kind of scared to. And uh, that's between you and me. <laughs> so maybe I'll start doing that. You know, how about this? Because I'm, I'm, go- I'm a goofy guy. Shen- I like those shenanigans and hijinks. So you want to write something fun. Write a review that's fun and goofy. I'll look through them this week and uh, maybe I'll pick yours. Uh, I'll read a couple of them and we'll have some fun with that to kick off the uh, the next podcast episode. So thanks for making it all the way to the end. I love you and I will talk to you in the next podcast episode. So long, everybody. <laughs>